0: Today on With the First Pick, Rick, we're going to talk about the fastest player in Combine history. Uh, but first, let's start with this. It's the unofficial Chris Spielman day here on With the First Pick because...
1: There are 54 days into the 2024 NFL draft, and my brother Chris Spielman wore number 54. So we're celebrating <laughs> from a closet in Debo's hotel room.
0: <laughs> so the sets have been torn down there's only one day left of the combine this is now saturday night after the quarterbacks have thrown the wide receivers have run and there's literally nothing left in the convention center <laughs> in terms of media the media radio row is gone our sets has gone the podiums are gone so we had to reconvene here in in debo's uh relatively spacious hotel room where uh, as i joked earlier not really a joke it's 78 degrees so We'll get through this quickly, but let's start with Xavier Worthy, and then we'll talk about the quarterbacks and then uh, the, the wide receivers. And, t- I mean, quickly, the wide receivers, is this the best group ever?
1: Yeah, no, I think I counted nine guys that ran under 4-4, four, four, eight or nine guys. So they put on a show today, and uh, before we get started, it's all those kids that came in and worked out. They should be highly regarded for their ability to participate and as competitive spirits, some of them perform better than others, but they all went out of there and competed. I'm going
0: to recommend next year and going forward. And tell me again, who's the director of the combine? Jeff Foster. I'm going to ask you to get in touch with Jeff Foster, perhaps hand out Rick Spielman commemorative <laughs> necklaces, like medals for comp- competing in the combine. But Xavier worthy, you have to start there. He ran 41. His first unofficial time was four two, five. five. And everyone was like, oh, sweet mercy. You were in the stadium. Were there any – and you've been in football for 30-plus years. Were there any surprising reactions from folks around you?
1: Yeah, in the past, there's never been fans in the stadium. That's true. And I was here when Dion ran the fastest time I've ever timed before. And he continued to run and ran right out of the stadium through the tunnel. I looked at the end of the tunnel where he was running. They actually had the door shut. So – but it was funny. I don't know if he knew he broke the record, but as he finished, he continued to sprint towards where the fans were in the back of the end zone and people were going nuts.
0: It's funny you say that. Cause I was listening to the NFL network broadcast with Daniel Jeremiah and Rich Eisen. And they were saying like when Dion ran and even when John Ross ran, he may not have known right away. And sometimes that's why those players back in the day would run twice. I think Xavier worthy knew pretty quickly. Maybe not when you saw him, get through the finish line, but he circled back around. He took that lap he talked about, came back with some of the wide receivers. You could see on television, they were watching him. Uh, they already watched the replay on, on someone's phone. And one of the wide receivers said, go ahead and take your shoes off. I think he realized then that 4-2-2 was a record by John Ross in 2017, I believe. So he laced his shoes back up, Rick, ran a four two one official. And after that, he took the
1: rest of the afternoon off. How would you feel about that? Yeah, no, he proved what he wanted to prove to be the fastest uh, – human being coming out in the NFL draft this year. And I'm sure the routes and uh, everything else that he'll do, he'll finish out down at uh, Texas's pro day. So
0: let me take you back to that wonderful two round mock draft. We did where I rightfully took Graham Barton at number 32, a to of the chiefs and got mocked by both you and Chiefs fans. I own that. But early in the second round, I took someone named Xavier Worthy, I think, to the Patriots. And you also
1: mocked me. Would you now like to take this opportunity to apologize? I'm mocking you. The guy is fast. I mean, I don't think he's a first-round talent. You don't move guys up in the draft just because of how fast they run. Although that was an exciting time, and congratulations to him. I'm still going to go back, and all the teams will still go back and evaluate what they did on tape. Yeah, another time I think I had him going forty. Is 40, forty too high? No, he's going to go in a second round, and probably with this time, he's probably going to definitely move up.
0: And the concerns we talked about all falls that he had focus drops both this year and the year before. I thought he got better this year. I thought he played way tougher than his weight. That uh, there was noted on the pod on, on the telecast, excuse me, that Brian Thomas Jr., who you love and had a ran into the four threes, weighs more than forty pounds more than Xavier Worthy. So that's how light Xavier is. I don't. I'm not sure exactly what he weighed today, but he played played about one, one sixty six, which is slight of frame. But he plays much tougher than that, and obviously he has legit breakaway speed to the point that he now is the fastest person in combine history. There's no, uh, no. You you're you're
1: no. You You get to
0: no. He's he's going to go forty. Okay, one. I'll say below forty. You mean forty
1: dollar forty forty or higher? Yeah. Yeah. Is that lower 40 or closer to the third round and beyond? He'll go 40 and then it goes 41, 42. He's going to go towards that way instead of 39, 38. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm taking that. Okay. I know it's been six days. It's long. Well, 40 to 41 is higher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not if you're looking at it upside down. Yeah. No, but if someone goes 40, Yep. and then someone goes 41, isn't he going lower in the draft than 40? Yes, he's going after. But, yes, I understand what you're
0: saying. For it's kind of like golf. But the exact opposite. All right, <laughs> Debo's made note of that. You got to hear Debo's voice from his uh, his hotel room here. All right, so we, we agree. It's funny. And this will come in as no surprise to you, Debo. But Rick said to me today after six days together, he goes, look, I don't even hear what you say. I just disagree, and then we circle back later and sort it out. So I think that's right. All right, let's talk about the quarterbacks. I don't think there were any bad quarterback performances today. Spencer Raller ran a 4.98. I was hoping for a 4.48. Didn't get there, but that's okay. All the quarterbacks threw extremely well. Let's start um, with the guy who was most impressive, and Debo was in the stadium for this as well. What were your thoughts of uh, Joe Milton, who threw the ball close to 80 yards, even though you didn't want to hear about that as a bold prediction?
1: Yeah, no, he threw it over 70. Um, But I'm not so worried about some of the accuracy and some of the missed throws. As I am watching them drop because a lot of times you don't see them do that in college. So a couple of them had to take drops like they were taking a drop from center. And that was the thing I was watching. I was watching their footwork. And Joe Milton, some of these guys, it's almost like they're out at the playground and shooting three points, so they're taking their time. Right. And then throwing a ball where then you look at a J.J. McCarthy or even a Michael Penix Jr., who are on time and in rhythm when they're taking their drops and throwing the ball. And but even, Joe Milton, there was no question had the biggest arm out there.
0: And there's nothing to take away to your point of uh, hitching two times to throw the ball as far as possible, because that doesn't translate to anything other than uh, uh, a trick. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it was impressive. It was an impressive physical feat and it was fun to watch, but it doesn't necessarily translate. Let me ask you this. Cause I've talked to two different scouts over the last few weeks who would take Joe Milton fourth, fifth round solely on the athletic
1: traits, even though it hasn't always translated either Tennessee or in the senior bowl. Yeah, no, when you're down in that area to take a swing on a quarterback, um, because of his size, because of his arm talent, because of his athleticism, you have to take shots down there on some quarterbacks. So I can see that very easily happen just because of his unique physical traits and his unique arm talent. The biggest Issue I have is how quickly he can process. Right. But at least you have some tools to work with, and he definitely has all the tools you need physically in the toolbox.
0: We don't have him officially listed as a winner, but I thought Bo Nicks did pretty well too.
1: Yeah. Th- I, like I said, I, I wish I could sit here and say, you know, one of them did not belong here. All, them belong yeah, here. all of them competed. All of them threw the ball. and uh, And there was not one – Quarterback in my mind, it embarrass themselves.
0: So Michael Penix, fantastic season. Michael Penix was average at the Senior Bowl, like every other quarterback not named Spencer Rattler. But Michael Penix, I thought, did some really good things throwing to guys who he didn't know. He was throwing lasers on the on the outs and the deep outs that he did all season long, and I thought his footwork looked pretty good too.
1: Yeah, his footwork was great, and just to watch him throw live, uh how the ball comes out of his hands and. He has, I think, maybe the biggest hand of all the quarterbacks. I remember when we had him on set and his hand was over his knee and, and his fingers went from his knee almost down to his ankle, how long his fingers are. Uh, but he had a really smooth stroke, uh, quick release, no wasted motion, and can put some velocity on the throws that he made today. Just he to get drafted before or after Xavier Worthy. Mm. That's going to be a, 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 it'll be interesting. All right. We'll circle back to that
0: one. I still think he has first round talent. Can you tell me again why he's not a first round pick if the medicals are cleared? You made a good point earlier this week. There's only so many times you can tear your ACL because each time you tear it, it's, and you get a new tendon and I understand all that, but the, the bones, the cartilage, all that other stuff is affected
1: too. The only thing that I would say is that, um, if teams have them at the top of the second and. If someone moves up to the 31st, 32nd pick okay. to get that fifth year option, we did that when we drafted Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you saw that with Lamar Jackson, uh, Baltimore moved up to get that fifth year option. Yep. So I could see him going in the first round if no one takes him. But when you get into that low 20s, high 20s, yeah. low 30s, and someone wants to make sure they take a swing at him and get that fifth year option, especially if they need a quarterback in the way he performed today. And I think he will continue to spiral up um, as, as he goes through this process. The only real knock on him was that national championship game, but he was getting pelted pretty good.
0: Right. And I should say, I said 10, and I should say ligament. That's the ACL is that right there in the title. So I don't want to get people yelling at me about that. Um, I'll tell you a fun fact that you're not going to find fun.
1: My ACL is replaced with a cadaver Achilles. Boy, I can sleep better tonight. There no you idea. go.
0: All right, let's talk about the the winner of winners among the, the quarterback winners, and everyone there was out there popping for us. But uh, oh, JJ McCarthy, your new favorite crush. Among- that's not new, right? The fact that you get to meet him in person—that part's new. I think yeah. it enhanced the crush that you've had for quite some time. <laughs> he continues to be super charismatic, which we knew after speaking with him. He measured six two and a half. His hands were nine inches. You said that's bigger than eight, so that's fine. I think that was takeaway there. I think he was two nineteen. He was throwing lasers as well, and I thought he showed good touch on the ball, and he said afterwards on the telecast and told us the same thing on set that he wanted to work on the intermediate throws and layering those balls better, and, and that looked like what he was able to do. Yeah,
1: you can tell, and he played the longest out at any of these uh, college players because they were in a national championship game. Um, so he did a phenomenal job, I thought, from that game and what we saw in the fall to go on and work wherever he worked at with whatever quarterback coach he was working with or wherever he's working out to get prepped for the combine. And he came in ready to prove a point. You can tell the footwork, everything was in rhythm today, even though he hasn't worked with any of these receivers. Uh, so I was very impressed, uh, not only with his charisma as a leader, but also all the work he put in to come out and perform like he performed today.
0: I think both he, JJ, and Michael Penix work with John Beck, the quarterback's coach. So um, just to put a bow on that. But your other point, point, you talked about this at the Ohio State Pro Day last year, seeing CJ Stroud out there, who didn't work out until the end of the workout, out there high-fiving his teammates, the offensive linemen as they worked out. JJ was all over the field, running up and down the field, high-fiving guys. He was out there high-fiving Xavier Worthy after, <coughs> excuse me, after he ran the record breaking four, two, one. Is that something you notice, or is that?
1: Yeah, no. And it's, uh, but you got to make sure it's not false right? leadership, but I don't think it is with him because you've seen that, uh, when he was at Michigan and it continues to show up here. So I think the takeaway here is that if you roll the ball out, pick it up and throw it. Yes. That's what you get paid to
0: do. All right. Well, they're not getting paid. You keep saying that they're not getting paid. Are, are they going to get paid? If, they, if they, they
1: have NIL deals, but not for this, but for other things. Yeah.
0: Okay. Technically, yes, they got paid, Rick. All right. There are no losers on the quarterback front. They were all winners. So that's great. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. I'm going to talk about some poppers and droppers with the wide receivers. And, and Rick, I'm not going to lie. They're mostly poppers. We'll talk about that right after this. All right, Rick. We talked about Xavier Worthy, 4 2 1. Adonai Mitchell, 434. 4. Let me make sure these are official. Yes. Brian Thomas Jr., 433. 3. Tez Walker, 436. What is going on? And these are all guys we had on our list. We talked about Xavier Worthy already. I'll go to Adonai Mitchell, the wide receiver out of Texas. And let me just make sure I get the numbers right. So the four three four forty, and then his his vertical was only thirty-nine and a half inches. His broad jump was eleven feet four inches. Oh, boy. It's, it's 39 and a half. You're saying bad? No, I'm kidding. It's, oh, okay. it's incredibly insane. It's, so you're trying to be sarcastic like me. It's not working for you, but It's not working for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> see you laugh at your own jokes. You again. <laughs> Explain a broad jump of 11.4, 11 feet, 4 inches.
1: That is an explosive jump. <laughs> and uh, And not only, is, you know, the 40 time, but his ability to explode like that. Uh, will translate to what he does running routes, what he does when he goes up and uh, potentially gets in contested situations. Those are the things you're looking for in an explosive playmaker. 6'2", 205. I, I mean, he's big enough to go up against the, the most
0: physical wide receiver, uh, the cornerbacks, excuse me. We've talked about him as a first-round pick, maybe even a French first-round pick uh for months now, and it feels like he's going to continue to be in that conversation.
1: Yeah, when we talked about him earlier, you know, he was a kid that transferred from Georgia, never really got on the field much at Georgia, and then came onto the scene uh, in Texas and had a great year, but I think he is a type of kid that's going to continue to ascend, and I think teams are going to try to project that this guy is going to be a really good player, solid number two, maybe even eventually turning into a one. Brian Thomas Jr. at LSU.
0: We spent a lot of time talking about Jaden Daniels and, of course, Malik Neighbors. We talked to those guys on set yesterday, and they all said they were the fastest person on that team. Rick, only one of them ran today at the Combine, so we know who the fastest is.
1: Yeah, and I don't care if those guys go and run at LSU, but Brian Thomas Jr. will officially be the fastest player coming out at LSU because he came down here and did that at the Combine. And back in the day, uh, when there was turf fields and grass fields and some guys ran on track, Yeah. We kept the times the same at the combine, but if they ran on those old turf fields, we would add a 10th to their time. And if they ran on a track because they didn't have the synthetic surfaces they have now in all these colleges, we would add a 10th and a half. So some kid would say, hey, I ran a 4.45. Well, guess what? It's a four six when we convert it. So. Show up and run when we throw the ball. That's what you're saying?
0: Yes. 4.33 three for Brian Thomas Jr., 38.5 vertical. 10 feet six inch on his uh broad jump and he's six three two oh nine. And you say he's in the mix for wide
1: receiver three, I believe. Yeah, what well, I this is a great because it was fun to watch him, although he didn't participate in any of the routes. So Odunze did. Or, he has it, very sticky hands. And he has, he was very good uh running routes um for a big receiver. He got, I really thought he got into and out of his uh cuts. And excellent hands, and you can see how natural he is, plucking the ball out of the air. So going, I was going back and forth, and I thought that uh, Brian Thomas Jr. was closing in on him, mm-hmm. but then I watched uh, Adunze and the way he worked out and did everything today, and ran fast enough.
0: Four four seven, I believe. Uh, yeah,
1: so that's going to be an interesting battle on how teams have these two receivers uh, stacked on their board. It feels like right now, Adunze is a more polished route runner. I would say that, but uh, Ryan Thomas Jr. may have more upside. No, I get that part.
0: What do you got there, Debo? Roma Adunze is the only player left on the field right now because he won't leave until he gets 6'6 six, six in the three-cone drill. <laughs> is he still there? Is he going to be able to go home? Okay, he's number uh, he, He's, he's up on number three on my list. So that tells me he probably got it several times during working out. He's not out there just hoping against gets hope. He's just trying to get it here.
1: Yeah, and that tells you, again, what you can't see on tape, but what you see when you're doing things like that, it's the competitiveness. We talked to him this week,
0: incredibly sharp, incredibly humble. He went to high school in Las Vegas. He's on Dorian Thompson-Robbins' high school team. He was with Cedric Tillman. He was with uh, Jalen Naylor. He had to sit behind those
1: guys. Does that mean anything to you, that he no. was patient? No. 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 Just, uh-huh. yeah. you're, you're, you're trying to pick things that aren't there. Am I? Yes. Yeah. Oh, we talk to the Alabama kids all the time about being patient. Yeah. Well, when they're they can be patient, but they take advantage of it once they get their opportunity. And he's one that did. All right,
0: Tez Walker took advantage of this opportunity because Senior Bowl. He would like to erase from everyone's memory. He struggled with drops. He struggled in the one on ones, and this combine uh, made up for that in a huge way. He had the best vertical of the guys we've talked about so far, forty and a half inches, which is bonkers, four three six. 11-2 in the broad jump. He's six one and a half, one ninety three, thirty three 193, 33-inch arms. He's the guy that you built in the lab, Rick, and he caught everything in the gauntlet drill.
1: Yeah, and I watched him through the rest of the – he didn't drop a ball uh, what I saw uh, before I came over here to do this. His hands were much more natural than I thought we saw down at the Senior Bowl where he seemed to struggle uh, and his hands seemed hard, but – Here, he just looks like a natural hands catcher. I still think he needs some route work, but there's no question about the speed. And I was very happy for the kid because of the performance at the Senior Bowl as far as the drops, and him going back, working on what he needed to work on, and again, showed out here at the Combine, and kudos to him. Absolutely. Uh,
0: I think I still have him outside the top 100. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, he might jump in that third round now. Yeah. The way yeah, he right ran there. and the way he worked out today, that could move him back into the third round mix. And finally, you'll be happy to hear this name. Someone I spoke with
0: earlier, uh, a few weeks ago, we had Mike Renner on the show, and you, Mike Leso, but you certainly made fun of me. Anthony Gold, Oregon State wide receiver. I'll give you the numbers that you won't like 5'8, 174, 29 inch arms. I don't care about that. Okay. But 4'3'9. 149 in the 10 yard split, which is better than any of the guys we talked about. And I, th- does it necessarily matter if you're the size and running 10 yards straight ahead? No. Okay. 39 and a half inch vertical for 5'8, 10 9 in the broad jump.
1: Yeah, no, he had a great workout. There was no question about his explosive athleticism, and he does run on tape. I just think he is a better athlete than maybe a just a true, you know, you're trying to put him in a 10 Dell category. I am- and I don't think he's tanked. He, out.
0: He, he did well in the drills, too, I thought.
1: Yeah. No, he caught the bell well, but I still think he's a little stiff through his lower, getting in and out of his uh, cuts for a smaller guy. Uh, and he prefers to catch in tight, which is fine because he caught everything today.
0: Right. He's not third round for me. No, he, tank, he, he would be a
1: good Saturday pick.
0: Right. Where Tank went in the third round and Tank probably got, he should have gotten hot, gone higher knowing what we know now, but right. Exactly. All right. Um, I'm not going to call Keon Coleman uh, a dropper. I just want to note Keon Coleman ran a 4 six, one He's not yet 21 years old. He's another guy we talked to who was very had very high confidence and understandably so when you saw him. But I did wonder, watching him play, if he could consistently stack cornerbacks because he wasn't able to do it a lot on tape, but he would just high point catch um, Michael Jordan them, um,
1: to use a basketball phrase not very well. But <laughs> where are we going with? Here's where we're going. He ran Are you four- talking about going up for 50-50 balls and contested catches? Thank, thank you. That's okay. Our,
0: that's what I was trying to get Where's Okay,
1: the- now we can start using. Yeah, I watched him. I thought he was really good at Michael Jordan. And DB. I know. What I mean.
0: Posterized. That's okay. what I was trying to get to. And you know it's bad. We're in the I point of the week where you're correcting me about how to <laughs> <Yeah>. say things. <laughs> so 461, the second slowest 40 time of all the wide receivers, but he ran the fastest time, at least up to the time that we I saw the next gen stat on the gauntlet drill at twenty over 20 miles an hour. And I believe he caught everything thrown his way, and he looked a lot
1: like he did on tape. And this is an example of a player that's going to have a very productive career. I still think he's going to go somewhere in the bottom of the first, top of the second round. And just because you don't run in a straight line fast, but all of a sudden he has to run routes and he has to catch the ball, he is uh, almost like we talked about Brian Branch last year. Yeah, He may not run as fast as you want straight in the 40, but when he's doing football movement skills, there is no question that uh, you can see the explosiveness in his movements.
0: Yeah, you went with Brian Branch. I thought you were going to go with Puka Spielman, yeah. who ran a 4.58. But Puka, Puka plays a lot faster than that. And that's the faster than Keon, you mean?
1: Yeah. No, I think Keon plays as fast as puka or faster
0: so maybe that's the lesson we take away from that puka puka may have ran a 455 the point is he he didn't set the 40 ablaze but we saw the clip where
1: Les need and sean mcveigh went to look at his tracker time where he played fast right and that's the thing and that's what is a huge advantage now for some of these guys that may run slower than they want but when you put that gps tracker on them you can see what their game speed is and a lot of times guys Play faster than their time speed. Everybody, Charles Davis made this point during the telecast about Keon
0: Coleman's gauntlet drill. When you're running that fast, you trust your hands because you
1: don't have to worry about everything else around you. Yeah, no, and, and there's no question about his hands, and there's no question about his Michael Jordaning.
0: Posterizing.
1: TVs. Yeah, is that what that is too? You know what that means? Posterizing. No, I have no. Putting him on a poster. Ah, uh, Puka ran a four five seven according to Debo. So yeah. that's not. And He plays about. a lot faster than that, and right. I think Coleman will be do the same.
0: Uh retrospect: Should Puka have been a first round pick? No. No, we know now. You still wouldn't take him in the first round.
1: Let's just let's not put him in the Hall of Fame yet. He is a very good <laughs> player, but let's see how the career ends. Puka Spielman has spoken. All right, Mr. I like him. Why do you keep saying I don't
0: like him? I like him. him. Right. Well, he may he set you up. He's going to put that now that's on the, on the Rick talk, and now you got to answer <laughs> questions about that. All right, Rick. While Debo puts that on, on the social medias, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and look at the running backs who also took part uh, in this uh, combine earlier today, but we'll do that right after this. All right, Rick. Let's start with the, the good news. Two players um, who have interesting backstories. Trey Benson had the horrific knee injury at Oregon. Uh, he apparently didn't know that because he ran a four three nine at almost I think <laughs> two hundred and nineteen pounds. i'll I'll double check his his uh, height and weight, but he ran exactly like he played during the season. Did you think he was gonna be a four three nine guy though?
1: I thought it was going to be fast, but that's moving for his uh, his size because you see that on tape. You see how many times he gets out into the open field and he can outrun angles, uh, and he's a big back. I guess the biggest, if I have to poke a hole in his game right now, just being a little bit more patient hmm. inside, because sometimes he had a tendency to bounce a little bit too quick because he knows he's fast. But what a great success story on this kid coming back from the knee injury that he did and having the season he had at Florida State and now performing here as well as he did at the combine.
0: Six oh two sixteen. Four three nine that I mentioned the one five two ten yard split thirty three and a half vertical ten two broad those numbers are all things that you don't have to worry about if you're trying to check boxes. Is he your uh, running back one?
1: Uh, I am having a tough time deciding between him and uh, Jalen Wright at Tennessee, who ran a four three eight today. Yeah, and I was like going back and forth between the two, um, but I gave credit to uh, Trey just because of the devastating knee and how he's came back from that the adversity. He had to go through to get back. And the hesitation
0: I'm asking about Jonathan Brooks out of Texas is that he's coming off the ACL. Yeah. We just, I don't know what
1: the medical is on him or when he'll be ready because if he, had he been healthy, he very easily could have been in that conversation. Yes. Second round pick for either of those Jalen. And I think it'll depend on how the board falls and how team needs are. And, uh, but I think they'll for sure be Friday guys. But if someone's looking for a running back, I think uh Wright and Benson and you know, unfortunately Brooks has the ACL, but all those three will be considered in the second round. All right. The guy I was impressed with today for
0: a number of reasons, he ran a four or five, two, which is fast enough for a running back. I don't care about that. The one five, six, ten yard split certainly helps thirty-five inch vertical is get your eyes uh get your attention as well. Five eight, two eleven, Ray Davis out of Kentucky. He ran for over a 1,000 yards of Kentucky, ran for over a 1,000 yards of Vanderbilt. He played at Temple, I believe, prior to that, dominated there. And his backstory, Rick, when we talked about this in HQ, he was in foster care and homeless as a 12-year-old, and he somehow had the fortitude to, to overcome that, which is, in and of itself, an amazing story. Not only that, he's going to get drafted, he's going to play in the NFL, and he had a fantastic career in Kentucky. And all that taken together, it's hard not to love this kid.
1: Yeah, and then you add on the performance he put on at the Senior Bowl, and that, to me, he was the best running back at the Senior Bowl. And then all he's had to overcome in his life, that tells you the kid's nothing but a winner. And no matter what comes his way, you know he's going to fight through it, Uh, even when he gets to the NFL level. And it's just an incredible story. And those are the stories that need to be told, uh, because not only do you root for the kid – uh, on what he does on the field, but you root for the kid and everything he had to c- overcome as he was growing up. So,
0: excuse me. I don't want to call Audrick Estime a, a drop, but I do want to note that he ran a four, seven, one. And I do also want to um, qualify that by saying that Kyron Williams, a few years ago, ran in the four sevens and he's pretty good. And he's pretty good. He ended up going on day three. I think estimate probably was going to go on day three anyway. So I don't know if this matters much, um, in terms of his NFL future, maybe he goes in round six instead of round five. I, I don't know, but he was 5'11, 221, which is exactly how he looks like he played. So a 4'71, but a one five eight ten 10 yard split. Does that mean anything?
1: Yeah, I know. Well, the 10 yard split tells you that he's quicker than fast. Um, and then you throw on that Stanford game where he rushed for, I think, over 230 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he's a singles and doubles hitter to me. Maybe not the home run threat once he gets in the open field, but. I think a guy like this, if he gets the touches he needs to get, he's going to wear defenses down. And you know, as I was thinking through there, like Jamal Williams, uh, when you get near the goal line, you remember the magic year he had in Detroit with all the touchdowns. Right. This is the type of kid you want to give the ball to when he's near the goal When your offense is near the goal line. And you
0: talk about quicker than fast, 38 inch vertical, which gives you a sense of the explosiveness or near the line of scrimmage, and 10 and a half broad jump, also. In the same range as the, the explosive wide receivers we've talked about previously. The only other name I'll mention is Dylan Johnson. And, you know, he gutted it out uh, in the national title game, the Washington running back. He was hurt in that game, and he still came out there and competed. I know that's a big thing for you. He ran a 4.68. I don't even – I don't necessarily care. He's a big running back. I didn't think he was going to run, run a 4.3 anyway. So, he's six feet 217, similar – few pounds less than what we saw from estimate that similar type player, not as explosive one, six, two, 10 yard split. The vertical is only 31 and a half inches, but I feel like he was a day three guy coming in. He's still a day three guy and he's going to be a, uh, a guy who comes in and, and does a couple series as a, a power back. And, and that's not a
1: surprise, right? No. And all these teams now going running back by committee, they have different flavors, some big power backs like this, especially in short yardage situations Uh four minute. Offense where you want to try to control the clock, try to get first downs uh, at the end of a game. So these are the type of backs that I think teams will fall in love with as far as late Saturday as draft picks because they'll have a role on the offense. Yeah, I think this is a pretty exciting combine. It was a great combine. It was fun.
0: The 14-1. For the combine Players that
1: participated, <laughs>
0: which includes Xavier Worthy, who, who was uh, he's the combine MVP, uh, according to with the first pick runner up with Spencer Rattler. Shout out to Spencer Rattler. <laughs> this is going to be a thing.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, what and which way interviews? Yeah. Who is your favorite player that you talk to? I know who it is. If you forget. I know who it is. Who is it? Uh, it was either me sharing a ginger beer with Caleb Williams. That was a good one. Uh, it was JJ McCarthy and us being able to bond on set. Yeah, that was gross. But the all time favorite has to be Jackson Powers Johnson, who, uh, was maybe the best personality that we had on a set all week. Yeah. He has a future as a stand-up comedian. He critiques your,
0: your drip. Uh, I thought it was dip. It's drip (laughs) dip for you trip for everyone else. Uh, you left him hanging in the worst way possible. He tried to fist bump. You, you just stared at him like you didn't know what planet he was from. I don't know what that was about. And then, unfortunately, Debo turned the camera off after everyone finished, and you could have ruined Jackson Powers Johnson's career. You, t- you chest bumped the guy, and you didn't tell him. Luckily, he's a fantastic athlete. You almost sent him off the stage reeling and tore both ACL. So you
1: you avoided a major lawsuit there. And with my oh boy, 60-year-old athleticism to be able to knock him off stage. That's true. And the the body control I had when I was midair with my 22 and a half inch vertical, I was able to prevent that poor kid from potentially being injured. I thought I could say you're 22 and, and a I didn't want him sense. to like get ticked off and then try to maul me like he does every uh defensive tackle that yeah, is in front of
0: incredibly mild manner for being such a, a violent player he was fun absolutely uh my favorite moment i'll be talking to this forever spencer rattler calling you out yeah that was also one of my highlights <laughs> as well and of course our buddy Pete prisco said that you were stuttering and very afraid
1: after you saw him and i, uh, I yeah. can't
0: confirm that but
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were right there so <laughs> hey, you, know. you gotta watch pete prisco he has a tendency to Deletize. elaborate on a lot of things and exaggerate on a lot of things all right rick we we
0: did it <laughs> the combine in the books no one killed uh, the other uh debo survived as well and uh luckily debo's gonna <laughs> have us come back on monday and what are we doing monday debo
1: Okay, we're going to recap the combine. just like we just did now. Just like we did now, <laughs> and then on Wednesday, everybody. Well, we'll be able to add in some of the offensive linemen.
0: Yeah, and we'll have all the. We should have all the numbers as well. And then Rick likes to start stacking the board, so we'll do the uh, the buckets uh, of players as we get closer. Oh God, and the pro days are coming up too, so I have to talk about that. And then on Wednesday, everybody, Charles Davis is coming along for a mock draft show. Debo, Charles Davis. Are we doing a seven round mock? Eight. <laughs> three round lock? oh we're doing oh, oh gosh <laughs> you frightened me all right that's it rick thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and subscribe and uh you've been very generous with your comments so rick appreciates that he's very sensitive kind uh, a period of the way uh, but for debo and rick see you guys on monday oh no oh no <laughs>